so this is what it's like. Welcome to The Good, a podcast produced by Design Works Group, celebrating people and everything good in this world. How you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. It is weird to start a conversation. We've been having a conversation, and then you have to stop it and start a conversation. Yeah. It is unfair. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that. Yeah. I'm pretty terrible at it. I think everybody's bad at it when you have to, we're having a normal conversation, and then you have to stop to start a conversation. Yeah, it, just, it just doesn't feel real. Because it's not. Yeah, I know. And that's what I like about us. Yeah. Because we're, we're real. Until we have to do an intro. <laughs> we're not real. And then we're not. Um, if this is your first time listening, you're listening to The Good. My name is Jared Van. Sitting down with Logan Draper. I finally got to the point where I was actually introducing us. I did it, I think, for the first time last episode. So I'm continuing it now. Well, you also I never told you this, but you there was times that you introduced me and then you didn't introduce yourself. <laughs> I know. You did that a couple I, times. I think I was listening to the intro a few episodes ago. I was like, oh, I introduced Logan. Yeah. I did not introduce myself. Yeah. That's how, but that's how humble you are. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not how humble I am. It's just I didn't even think of it. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I'm Jared Van. Sitting down with Logan Draper. Hi. Double intro. Double intro. So that makes up for one, one other episode. I didn't intro us. Um, but yeah, if this is your first time listening, you're listening to The Good. Um, we started this podcast, um, I guess, like four or five months ago. Has it been longer than I think, that? This, I think it's coming up on six, man. This is a 23rd episode, doing one a week. So yeah, I can't do that math It's right about now. six. I think we, I think we started July 1st. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, we just... Uh, Sit down and try and celebrate people and good news that's happening in the world. Um, we always start the episodes off by talking about what's good in our lives. So what's good? Um, on Monday, December 16th, was Katie and I's anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so I know I talked about that last time, but we had like the best anniversary night. It was exciting just to celebrate our future and the fact that we've made it eight years. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it took us a little bit to figure out how long we've been married. That's a that's a that's a long time. It feels like a long time. When you when you told me that earlier this week, all I thought of was I had dreads eight years ago. Yeah. So, and I've got a mullet now. So you got a mullet now. It's come full swing. Our our hairstyles have been interesting during our lives. Well, mine's not interesting, but thanks. Um, I on the day after Christmas, my birthday, mm-hmm. turning thirty. So that's exciting. Um, kind of a good. Good news that came from a bad news was we talked about it on last week's episode when we were trying to record. Um, we got stopped because one of our coworkers, um, Sammy, um, was having a stroke up here. It's kind of a wild a few minutes, and so it was actually a very severe stroke. But Sammy's a pretty tough, pretty tough cat. Be leukemia fifteen years ago, and I went to the hospital and see him again this morning, and he just roasted me when I came in. I mean, he's good, man. So he's got a journey ahead of him, but seems to be very, very good, and all the signs are great. So that's that's, that's a huge win. Yeah. Very scary few days there. Yeah. From what I hear, strokes are kind of terrifying. Yeah. Never had one. Honestly. My granddad had one. Um, my granddad in Georgia had one. 
my dad had to like rush to Georgia to help out with it. But yeah, strokes seem like they can be ter- like a terrifying thing. Yeah, depending on how severe they are. I think, and I mean, you're, you're, seems like his was a blood clot that went to the brain and it shuts down parts of the brain, and the brain's a pretty powerful tool. So, yep. Yeah, but he seen this morning, man, made me pretty emotional, pretty happy that. Um, I mean, obviously, we want him back at work, but more than that, we just want him to be healthy, man. So yeah. it was good to see him talking about sports and politics, and I was telling him we don't even need him at work, and he's like, oh, that's great. I was like, I'm just kidding. Did you tell me you went ahead and cleared it at his office? I, I did tell him that I moved some boxes around so that the cleaning crew could clean the floors, and I could <laughs> tell he wasn't happy. He's got everything in there positioned perfectly the way – I mean, he knows where everything is. It's amazing, but um, – so I could tell he wasn't, but he doesn't care. I think there's probably a different perspective on just being happy to have all this stuff. So he was eating. He was eating a real meal. He's having an omelet. He's pumped about it. So yeah, and he was just telling me like how scary it was to wake up and you got a tube down your throat and you're chained to the bed. Yeah, you know, and you know him, like I'm being completely out of control. So yeah, I mean, I'm just grateful that he's doing good and um. That's the biggest win I think I could ask for at this point. So you me back up here later today? He might be, man. We have a meeting, a big meeting today that he was bummed to miss. And so he's like, man, maybe I can get out of here. Uh, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, you should probably. We'll take care I of it, just man. chill for a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's super good. Yeah, that's, um, that's a big win. What's, yeah. Hey, man, what's good in your life? Speaking of the power of the brain, hopefully I'll have some more oxygen going to my brain soon. Yep. My CPAP journey has finally gotten to a CPAP dealer in Wichita Falls. So we're, we're close. Are you serious? Yeah. Can you go pick it up today? I can't go pick it up today. They still have to have some, uh, what they call a face-to-face time with my um, our family doctor. So I don't know how long it's going to take, but it should be next week. I think last week I said it was going to be this week, but I'm pretty confident it'll at least be, oh shoot, I don't know with the holidays, what that's going to look like. But hopefully next week, I'm going to be a new man, be a better host, do better intros, be better at transitions. Who knows? Man, Who knows? I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared. I'm interested to meet the new Jared. I'm kind of scared, so that's good. Emily and I are having our uh, Christmas date tonight, so I think we're gonna go get some food and then um, go look at some Christmas lights and then play our little Christmas stocking game and then go home and watch a Christmas movie. That's gonna be fun. We all have. We all is Walker gonna be at the house? Uh, no, uh, her parents are babysitting him. All night? Until we're done. Okay. Well, I guess uh, after we after we do our little stocking game thing, okay. we'll uh, go pick him up. And I think I'm going to surprise Emily with a gift she's been wanting for a while today. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. That's exciting. Hopefully I don't make the wrong decision. When This comes out Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah, but I'm not going to say what the surprise is, just in case it doesn't yeah. happen today. Yeah, if I get some some cold feet, no, you yeah. should do it. Yeah, so looking forward to surprising her. She might be pissed because I'm about to spend some money. She won't be. No, I don't think she will. Yeah, I don't think she will. I don't think she will. Um, and then I got to spend forty more dollars on our stocking game. Yeah, it's about to be an expensive day. I need to hit some parlays. I got you. Okay, I got Good. you. Um, so yeah, and then Christmas is next week. I think we have our family Christmas. Oh wait, is our family Christmas tomorrow? Twenty first. Our family Christmas might be tomorrow. 
That's not good. I should probably check on that. You probably should. But if it is tomorrow, I'm looking forward to that. I feel like there was something on the 21st. I don't know. It's Christmas yeah. week, man. It's Christmas week. It's you how excited I sounded? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some things that's going on that's good in my life. So we're going to move on to some haikus. Happy high high, a high high, a haikus. I'm not gonna lie, I did not write this one. I stole lyrics from a Christmas song. Oh, that's fair. So I can't claim this one, but somehow it lined up. I've had a real difficult time lately writing haikus. I think that's artsy. So hopefully, after I get this CPAP, I'll just be spitting out haikus. You still won't write them. You'll just come in here and yeah, freestyle them. I'll freestyle them. Um, but anyways, here's mine. I can't take credit for it because it's a uh, very popular Christmas song. But anyways. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, laughing all the way. You shouldn't have said that you didn't write it, and then you should have just said that. I should have claimed it. Gosh dang it. I did take out one line, so I kind of edited it a little bit. You uh, repurposed it. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's good. So thanks. Uh, what song is that? Is that Jingle Bells? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, Jingle Bells. Yeah. Mine is. Mine's also a Christmas one. Is it? Yeah. A Christmas song that you just ripped? No, it's my. It's me. Okay. Me and Christmas. Okay. Mine is. With Christmas so near, I need to find more cheer. Well, maybe next year. I don't love Christmas time sometimes. I was, I was I wrote the first two and I was trying to figure out the last one, but yeah. It rhymed though. You've been uh you've been writing some rhyming haikus lately. I think it, it's hard for me not to rhyme. It feels oh, wrong. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, it just okay. feels wrong. You know, when you have a hip hop background. Sometimes I'm just that good of a lyricist where it's just hard for me not to rhyme. It, it's it's just part of my DNA. Yep. You know? I got loyalty, I got royalty inside my DNA. I was a Kendrick line. But yeah, man. I'm I'm fighting for joy this year. I just don't, I think that I'm, as I'm getting older, I don't like the busyness of the holidays. This isn't, no, this isn't Ellie's first Christmas. It's hotter last Christmas. It feels a little bit more like her first Christmas, just because last year was pretty chaotic too, and she just basically slept the whole Christmas. Yeah. So uh, this year we're just literally wrapping a bunch of stuff she already has that she doesn't know she has. Yeah. So it's going to be great. I don't know if we're getting Walker or anything. Is that bad? No, not okay. at all. If you get Walker anything, it probably should be something that is for him that y'all need. Yeah. Like diapers. Oh, good point. Like this thing I might surprise Emily with. I feel like that could be for him. It That's could, definitely for him. Could benefit his health. It will it will benefit him. So no, I think I think that it'll it's for it'll him. maybe give us more time. Can he if he can like kind of open it? You know? Um, or scra- scrape his hand on it or something. Yeah, he he can touch it. Can he see if he can see it be opened? That might be exciting for him. That's true. So yes. That's, true. that's for him. So I'm counting that. I think you should. Counting it. I think you should. All right. We're going to do some headlines now. Some happy headlines. If you're down and feeling kind of crappy, well, guess what? We'll make you happy. Happy headlines. Yeah. So this segment, Logan and I both find two headlines that are uplifting headlines. Um, this is kind of the, the main portion of this podcast and kind of what, um, the, the vision behind this podcast was all about was finding these, um, stories where people would 
were doing good things for their communities or for others and highlighting those um, because there's a lot of bad news out there right now. So we wanted to focus on some some good news. So that's what this segment's all about. Um, I will start it off, and my headline is Mystery Man Intercepts Phone Scam Calls Saving Canadians Millions. And this guy is a true hero. They didn't use his real name because he's, yeah, he want, I guess he wants to remain a mystery man. Um, is he a part of... Which I, anonymous? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but they used the name Devin in the story for his name. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to roll with Devin. Um, so Devin starts his day by going to work. Going to work. He works at like some tech company in Canada. Um, oh, of course he's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also... He <sighs> also has a uh, like part-time job as a private investigator. So I want to meet Devin. I, this might just be a fake story. I'll, I want to meet Devin. Devin might not be a real person at all. If he sports bets, then we're going to find him. Yeah. Might be hard. I guess we can, I don't know. I guess we could set up Devin, some. if you're listening. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he just heard us. Um, but yeah, Devin starts his day, just like everybody else, just goes to work. And while he's at work, he receives several voice notes and text messages through WhatsApp from a man in India letting him know an unsuspecting Canadian is about to get robbed of thousands of dollars. So this guy, this guy in India that alerts him to this um, was a former phone scammer. Um, And this all began in Devin's words. He said, like many Americans and Canadians, I get a phone call uh, once a day, or I got a phone call one day from a gentleman who reported to be uh, from the Canadian Revenue Agency. I knew right away it was a scam. I've been around long enough to know. I engaged him for about half an hour, and by the end of the conversation, I befriended him. So he gets this call from um, a phone scammer in India that had like a um, Canadian Canada Revenue Agency um, phone number. And stays on the phone with him for 30 minutes, which is not unlike what I do with phone scammers. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> Too nice, man. I, I just don't do it for a purpose. I just do it because I can't get off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at ending those phone calls. Um, but he actually befriended him, and now he works closely with this man. As um, this man is an informant for Devin now, so he like tips Devin off to whenever a victim is about to transfer money as part of a phone scam. Um, if you may, if Devin manages to stop the transaction from taking place, he then pays this informant a hundred dollars. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I guess he, Devin is just a real good guy. Yeah. He's, he's paying this guy a um, hundred dollars for tips that lead to him stopping uh, somebody from getting scammed. Um, so, yeah, this his whole like thought process behind befriending this guy was he probably knows other scammers and is like in this community and um, can get information to Devin that can help him uh, stop some scams. Um, let's see what next. Um, so he would this informant would secretly send Devin phone numbers of victims um, that his colleagues were scamming. And he would, Devin would get involved by trying to intercept those calls with the voice um, waiting features or the call waiting features. 
Um, so he gets tipped off that one of the former scanner's colleagues is about to try and scam this person. He intercepts the calls, and then he starts texting the victims while they're on the phone with the scammer. And if that doesn't work, he begins like relentlessly calling the victims until they um, pick up. Um, Devin said as soon as he gets the tip from his informant in India, um, at time is of the essence that he has anywhere between 10 minutes and two hours to get through to the victim before money is lost. And Devin claims he has intercepted thousands of calls, saving uh, Canadians about a million dollars collectively. And you'll, you'll like this. Gambling gets brought it into this a little bit. Okay. It's a quote from Devin. He said, it's like gambling. You get so addicted to it uh, that you hear those people, the ma- majority of them, when you hear them, um, they're pretty excited. When you think about what you have just done, especially this time of year, when you think you just put 30 thousand dollars back into someone's bank account and it costs you a hundred dollars for that that's incredible um so again i don't think devin's getting any money for this he's actually he's actually paying this informant in order to help these people not um send over thirty thousand whatever however much you're getting scammed for um so there's like a moment that devin um highlighted specifically it was you received a tip that a like an older lady was about to lose ninety six thousand dollars. Oh my god! In a scam, he managed to reach her in time, and um, he said like the woman like sobbed uncontrollably, uncontrollably, and um, just thanked him over and over. Um, so then Devin, in a small team of informants in India, which I feel like this should be made into a movie. Yeah, for sure. Like with all these informants and stuff, Devin and a small team of informants in India, they've now launched launched a website and an app, and it's basically where you can, if you like, suspect a phone number is like a scam, you can put it in here. That they'll do some like um, detective work and figure out if it's a scam or not. If they decide that it is, then when that uh, phone number calls somebody else, it will, I guess, show up as a scam number. Um, so he said, if you were to receive a CR, uh, receive a call from a CRA, Canadian Revenue, uh, Revenue Agency or whatever that meant, number, which is basically a 1-800 number. Yep. And you're to go to our website and you were to put it in there, that would come immediately to my phone. As soon as that comes to my phone, I click on it and it dials that number. My first mission is to recruit the person on that other end, try to say, hey, listen, we have a project. We can pay you. It's to try and recruit people on the inside. That's the only way we're going to have a significant impact. So as people are like submitting these numbers, he's actually calling them, hoping they're a scam. So not only can he mark as a scam, so future people um, will be notified that's a scam, but he's also, he said his first mission is to get on the phone with them to try to recruit them. That's really cool. As an informant. So he has a bigger informant base that will stretch further and he'll be able to um, stop more scams in the future. I guess I've never thought about it from the side of like some of these people that are scammers. Some of them, not all of them. Like are just trying to make a living. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably, it's probably most of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to get in and for him to have the ability to pay them to be on the inside is kind of cool. Yeah. 
I also, if, also want Devin to know that he should figure out a way to, it doesn't have to make money on it, even though he probably should or could, but also not lose money. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, as he builds his informant base, if he continues paying yeah. them $100, and that just keeps expanding. Hopefully he's got some backing. Yeah, hopefully, I don't know if this website or app they just launched um, brings in money somehow. But yeah, I have no idea. But he's just like paying these people to tip him off so he can stop um, people from getting scammed. I feel like I'm pretty tech savvy, and I feel like I'm very aware of scams. We see them every day, all day. But I got one today that was very good. It was mm-hmm. from Apple, and I answered it, and it said, your iCloud's been hacked, and talked to a representative. And so it said, would you like to talk to a representative? Push once, I just hung up, and then went to go Google the number. But when I went to my call log, it showed up as Apple Inc., like it's the it's the actual when I called it back, it was the Apple number. Yeah, and so I looked it up and it kind of there was a, when you Google uh, about it, I could find information. But that was e- that would have been easy for me. I think when I would have gotten on the the, the line with somebody, I would have figured it out quickly. But that's very very good. The scam calls have like um, progressed like how deceiving they are. Yeah. a lot lately. Like they used to you used to be able to tell like just from the number or like the location of the phone call. That's probably a scam. Yeah. But now I got one yesterday. That was a 940 yep. phone number. Answered it. And it was um, some guy like, he said he was like in the digital marketing world. I was on the phone with him for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Say, gave send him, it, gave it, him some money. Sent it to my email. And yeah. Emails are getting harder. Yeah. Because they look like the Apple emails. If you don't dive deep enough into the address, it all is like... Yeah. To a T, all the links there's, and everything. There's like a ton of those Amazon ones now. They're like, hey, get a f- free Amazon gift card yep. for taking the survey or doing something. But oh, And the scary thing is the web page that you click on and go to is the exact same. Yeah. But the URL at the top's wrong. Yeah. Oh. Anyways. Good for Devin. Good for Devin. Devin, don't lose all your money, my man. And stay anonymous. We can help figure out a way to turn this into profit if you want help. Not even make money. Just don't lose money. Yeah. I, I love the heart behind it, but also it's not, it can't, doesn't seem sustainable if no. every time you're doing it, like especially the people that are going to lose $96,000, they could be willing to maybe toss in a couple bucks. Yeah. They should, yeah. I feel like there should be like a percentage of money that he saved them. That yeah. He gets. And I get it. Like those people didn't do anything wrong, but I'm sure you get into like the government level. We're, we're, there's got to be some grants or something. Yeah. They can go to people like this. I know you don't want, to, yeah, whatever. He's Robin mm-hmm. Hood, man. Yep. Also, one I sh- also like don't know that first phone call he had with like his first informant. If he like answered it with the intention of I'm about to recruit this guy. If he just figured I'm, it I'm out, b- I'm about to launch this idea right now. I don't know. I don't think I would have ever thought of that. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of a hero though. Shout out to the informants too that are flipping. Yeah, got him. All right, my first one. Um, the headline is: Surgeon fights medical debt by allowing patients and families to pay surgeries with volunteer work. Um, this doctor, his name is, <laughs> can you try it yourself? This doctor's name is, Demetrio uh-huh. we're going to call him Dr. D because that's, I don't want to mess it up. So, um, yeah, this doctor is the mastermind behind the Healing Hands of Nebraska Surgical Surgical Clinic for reconstructive and nerve-related surgeries in Norfolk. 
Um, and he, it, he says it inspired him to launch the M25 program after he got sick and tired of people um, being debilitated by financial burdens of healthcare. People have to have the surgery, and then I mean, medical bills, I mean, they just shut you down, especially when people are getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So through this M25 program, he allows his patients, patients to select a nonprofit from their list um, that they've already kind of cultivated, and um, he designates based on, I guess, the surgery and amounts, uh, how many volunteer hours for the patient to complete in order to pay off the surgery. Um, so he said that the quote was, we've eliminated a lot of administrative hassle that's associated with healthcare. We've lowered the costs of healthcare. We've made it fair for everybody involved. Nobody loses. Um, and that's the core of the M25 program. Um, so I, yeah, they just went around and found um, all these nonprofits that, I mean, they thought would be great for having volunteers and how they could easily get people plugged in. Um, and one of the stories is on a guy named Jeffrey. Um, he was the first patient to participate in the program in October um, after he was assigned 560 volunteer hours in exchange for surgery to fix the numbness and nerve damage in his leg. So 560 hours is a lot. That is a lot. But I'm sure that those 560 hours are so much better Oh yeah. than the amount of money and debt that would come with it. Um, but he said that M25 program is not about money. It's about how if people come together to help other people, then the community thrives. Um, I'd like to inspire other doctors and other medical professionals to find that hope again, to find a reason for being a doctor and to bring back to the core of what they do every day. Um, we can post this. There's the interview with, um, with this guy, Jensen was the first guy, but uh, I think I'm pretty sure it just launched two months ago and they're just kind of getting it going. My brain always goes to like the logistics behind it. Like, I don't know how that works with insurance. I don't yeah. know. But I, my immediate assumption would be that this doctor is not making as much money because of this. I would assume that he's lo- he's losing some of his cut out of this. Um, and I think that when someone is willing to sacrifice for other people, I think that's one of the coolest things ever. He should have just made the volunteer work like mowing his yard. That's, I mean, that's what I would have done. 560 hours of volunteer work at your house. See ya. You're never going to do chores again. No, no, no. Probably got a, you probably got like a, no. like a full-time chef on hand. Oh yeah. Then you start getting real, like it, the whole program flips and it's no longer helpful. And you're just picking people out. <laughs> like, are you a good chef? We got you then. We'll do the free surgery. We'll be in my house for three years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know that we're in a time medically where some people have the ability and good enough health care that, that they don't have to worry about this. And it's super awesome for those people. But there's a lot of people that aren't in that place. So are you tired of listening to me? No, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Not yours like starting to ring. Cause you're something. not sleeping, man. It's cause you're it's not probably, sleeping. Probably what it is. Jared just took his headphones off and so I thought he was just leaving. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought, uh, I think maybe, maybe I'm just more emotional because of being at the hospital this week with Sammy. But yeah, I know, I know the weight of just like medical bills and having a kid. And that's not even nearly as much yeah. as what I think some of these people are doing with these, um, these surgeries. So, Shout out to the shout out to the doctors all over who are just trying to help. Yeah, it's hard. It's got to be hard to be a doctor too. And I think a lot of people like the hospitals, the last resort, like the worst case scenarios. They don't want to end up there. And I think mainly, I think mainly it's because a lot of it's because uh, they know there's going to be a huge bill at the end. Yeah, 
So in 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 healthcare in general, insurance, all that's so confusing. Yeah. Like it's you have to dig and dive and talk to people and try to figure out, you know, what am I actually going to be paying? And it's not like going to a restaurant, like when someone's like, Hey, that's gonna be extra, you can ask how much. How much is that drink? And they can tell you. I don't think it's that easy when they're doing all these tests. Like, yeah. hey, how much is that? They're like, Well, I have no idea. It depends on your insurance. Well, can you run it? I mean, maybe. Yeah. And then you never know. And then every time a doctor walks in the room, it costs you more. And so for people to be able to walk in and get the surgeries they need and still be able to give back to the community. 560 hours is a long time. That is a that's a real long time. So, I mean, it's not like it's free, but I think taking that, teaming it up with nonprofits who do need people, and then um, it seems like a win-win for everybody. So I'll be excited to kind of keep up with this over the next year. Um, let's see how Dr. D and the M25 program is working. So I'm pretty pumped about it. That would be... So forty-hour work week. That would be a that'd be fourteen weeks of a forty-hour work week. Yeah, five hundred sixty hours. That's a long time. So like, I'm gonna three, dive deeper into this later. Three and a half months and see like some of the of a full-time job. Oh man, yeah. But it's again, long, it's a long time. But nonprofits I, are benefiting. Yeah, from having people come in. Um, hopefully, this doctor's benefiting because he's actually able to, why he went to school, provide the service for people who need it, not the people who can get it. Yeah. And then the patient has the opportunity. I'm sure if the patient just wants to pay, they can. But to have the ability to say, yeah. I, I was thinking about when I was reading this, like if this was happening to Katie, but I want her to have to do like all the volunteer hours where I just try to eat the bills. Because that's a hard thing. Yeah. I'm sure after some surgeries, I don't know what they're making. Can, can you do day. like half the volunteer time and then pay for half of it? Or is it one or the other? I don't know. He did say in there that they've kind of eliminated some of the administrative work. So I wonder if they're trying to make it as easy as possible. And I'd be in there making it difficult. Like, okay, I'll give you this much money. What if I only work 56 hours yeah. and then pay for the yeah. other 90%? How much would it be if I just work 100 hours? I do it all in one week. Is it going to be prorated? Yeah. Or? I want to spread this out. What if I do the hours over a 10-year period? And just like, okay, man, you're not getting the surgery. Thanks for coming in, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's, it's beautiful, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, my next one is the headline is five year old Coco stand helps pay fellow students lunch debt. Um, so this girl, this little five year old girl, Caitlin Hardy, um, she overheard another uh, student or yeah, another student's mother say that she was having a hard time paying for an after-school program. Um, so then Caitlin went home and talked to her mom about how she could help other students. Um, so she ended up coming to the conclusion that she could set up a cocoa and cookie stand in order to help pay off the lunch debt of 123 students in her school district. And she just had one simple quote. I don't want people to be hungry. That was it. So she started this cocoa stand. How old is she? Um, she's five. Um, apparently, I didn't know. I'm going to run through. And I'm not going to run through these because it's kind of counterintuitive to this whole podcast. So this will be a real short story. Um, yeah. She just overheard a mother say that she was having a hard time um, with, some, with some money and paying for after school care. She took it upon herself to see how she could help other students set up a cocoa stand and um, 
yeah, 123 students later, she's paid off some debt, some lunch debts for um, some of her, uh, her peers. That's so wild. Yeah. Why is it that it's these kids, man? I don't know. I don't know. They I see like, the good in everybody. I feel like that's a third or fourth story, maybe even more than that. We have the girls who read. Zaria and her sister who mm-hmm. read to kids every night. I feel like we had like a lemonade stand one. Yeah. Where they set up a lemonade stand to pay for something for somebody. But yeah. It's always kids like. The kid who quilts. It's like a mixture of them being super observant and super generous. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like uh, most of our stories have been about really young people or um, a lot older people. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. So, yeah, what's her name job, again? Good job, Caitlin. Good job, Caitlin. Caitlin Hardy. You're the best. You're the best. Oh, and I, before you go, I do have an update on a story from last week. The uh, Heisman Trophy, He uh, Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. He uh, mentioned in his speech the like poverty level of his um, hometown um, and just his like brief mention of that in his speech. Uh, one of the citizens in that community set up a GoFundMe, and I think their original goal was fifty thousand. They blew past that. Then he bumped it up to one hundred twenty-five thousand, and they blew past that. And then I told the story when he had changed the goal to two hundred fifty thousand. And at the time of the story, I think they were at like one hundred ninety thousand. They are now up over three hundred thirty-nine thousand. Good night. So it's still it's still climbing. And the goal was fifty. The, the original goal was 50, yeah, but yeah, awesome. all that money goes to um, organizations that help uh, people living below the poverty line. And they've, I think this was like two days ago, it was at 339,000. So I don't know what it's at now. So someone, if someone gives you the mic, man, it's approaching 500,000. Anyways, no, that's good. That's a good update. update. That's a huge win. We need to, I need to do a better job of doing updates. Uh, my last story headline is Man Who Once Spent. Winter without heating pays past due utility bills for 36 families at risk of losing power. Um, so, Michael Esmond, is that, is that how you'd say that? E-S-M-O-N-D? Yeah. Michael um, received his utility bill for the month of December, and he was reminded of a time back in the 80s um, when he had trouble making ends meet. Um, so apparently he says that Life was tough. He didn't have a lot of money, but he had his gas and electricity cut off in one of the coldest winters in Florida's history. Um, so, and I was just thinking about that, about not having like any heat, even though being inside, like, like showering. You know, I, I told that story last episode about our power going out for, I think it was out for like an hour and a half or two hours. And we live in Texas. That wasn't a, a cold day, but it got kind of chilly in our house. Yeah. And if I'm it would have if it would have been out for like two more hours, how does hard complain in hardcore? Yeah, it said that but it was he, cold. He said it spent a lot of time at like drop into single digits. Golly. So at that point, like your home isn't it's just as cold in and out. Yeah. It may even be colder yeah. inside. You're not getting any sunlight, but um but yeah, so life went on for him. And he's no longer in the financial bind that he was in. He actually now owns a small business called Gulf Breeze Pools and Spas in Gulf Breeze, Florida. So started his own business. Things are going much better for him. And so this December, he was going to go pay 
um, this month's gas bill, and he just said that he just remembered. That's just got to be a, probably a, a nice feeling, but also just like remembering hard times. Like, yeah, man, at some point, I couldn't write this check at all. So much so that I spent the winter months freezing. I'd also be, I just also know me. I know how bitter I'd be. Like, well, if this would have happened last year, it was way warmer. Uh, but not only was he just grateful to have the money to write the check, he decided that he was going to call the local utility company um, and ask to pay the bills for all households at risk of having their gas and power cut off. I, I would love to have been on that call and like just be like, hey, I'm paying my bill, but also can you, can I pay the bill of everybody who is about to have their stuff to cut off? So in total, he paid $4,600 worth of utility bills for 36 families. So 36 people who were at risk of having their power cut off um, didn't. So he hopes a good deed will help struggling homeowners during the holiday season. He also hopes the dresser will inspire other small business owners to give back to the community. Um, so I'd also just like to, I mean, I can't imagine being in that place and being a husband and a wife or a single parent and like trying to keep food on the table, trying to keep the roof over the head, trying to keep the lights on and then knowing like, I'm not going to make it to yeah. Friday and then getting the call. Yeah. So they got a call that they're, I don't know. So I wonder what that was. If, it, if they didn't get a call like them, like preparing for their, the inevitable and them just like preparing for them, not having power or anything yep. for a month or whatever. And then just all of a sudden it never goes out. Yep. Have you ever had anything cut off before? No. We had, I think we had our our water cut off at our whole, old house for like maybe half a day. Yeah, we had ours cut off because of a auto payment or something didn't go through. I don't know, but I can't remember how it happened. But I remember calling. It was a Friday. It got cut off, and like we won't come out till Monday. And I was able to like work my way in. They're like it'll be five hundred dollars to get it turned back on. I was like no, no, no. So I ended up getting lucky and getting it turned on the next day. But even being without water in your house. I know this is like the most first world thing. It's just such an inconvenience. Oh, yeah. But I can't imagine. You can get around water maybe a little easier in the short term. But, man, especially especially having a I – mean, us having kids, you know, I get nervous when Ellie's room gets like – when I've left the heat off all day and oh, I come wow. home and I'm like, oh, it's 66 Dude, in that, here. That – uh, do y'all's baby monitor have like the temperature in there? Yep. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the placement of our monitor, but sometimes it'll say Walker's room is like eighty degrees, and it kind of freaks me out. Let's I'm pretty sure it's because we positioned it like right below the vent. Ellie's room right now is sixty-eight point two degrees because the heat's off in the house. That's, that's a perfect temp, though. Yeah, so it starts getting cold, you know, and you're like, oh, she doesn't have a blanket, you know, like I don't know. And you just think about like what that could cost you in medical bills or. So, I don't know. It's just such a small thing for people, um, from like Michael to sit down. And he could have just wrote that and been grateful. Yeah. But to like take it a step further and say, man, I'm going to give back. And not because no one did it for him, but because he's been blessed and he wants to bless other people. And I think that's, I think that's the whole point of this podcast is celebrating yeah. the people who, I mean, $4,600 is a lot of money that you could have kept. Do you know how many know. blackjack hands you could play with that? That's a lot of blackjack so, hands. I mean, or one or two, depending on how you bet. But um, I think that's cool, man. So shout out to to Michael. Yeah. And shout out to... To Devin. Shout out to Gulf Breeze Pools and Spas. 
if you're in the Florida area, you should get your pool or spa from there. Yeah, you should. Shout out to Devin and to Caitlin. Yeah. And to everybody else out there that's just a normal, everyday person. Dr. D. Dr. D. Creating a new program. Just out there helping people. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? <clears throat> no, ma'am. I feel like this is a the needed podcast, especially with like the impeachment stuff. Yeah. Lingering. I kind of already forgot about that. Sorry for bringing it up. I just think that it's important that people realize yeah. that there are, though the world is captivated by a circus, um, there are a lot of great things happening. All I know is those impeachment hearings messed up like two episodes of Jeopardy. I knew you were going to say so that. So I was a little I was a little bit peeved when I went to go watch Jeopardy the other day, and instead, it was impeachment hearings. It's always, I don't know, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna now, Trebek is just out here trying to give everyday Jeopardy viewers joy. Yeah. I know. And so they're getting pulled away by inundated, inundated by impeachment stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so much seemingly bad everywhere that I think it's important to know that there's people like yeah. Michael and Devin and Caitlin all over that are doing this stuff every day that don't get the love because um, what sells is, yeah. is chaos. And so. Sometimes the people that eliminate the chaos don't get the credit, but they, I think most of those people don't do it for the credit. They're not looking yeah. to make it on Fox or CNN. They're just looking to change the lives of the people around them. Yeah. So I'm encouraged by them. Yeah, for sure. And I'm encouraged by you today. You look Thanks, great man. today. Your so hair looks you. good. You're wearing all black for the most part. You're trying to set up a compliment for yourself? I don't know. I was, since since you got a haircut yesterday? No, no, no. Let's <laughs> see where this is heading. I wouldn't do that. The thing is getting... And pretty melody. Yeah, I can feel it now on my neck, and I'm liking it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, next week with a new episode. I guess this you'll actually be hearing this one next week. Cause Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. This is Christmas week. Merry when you, when you listen to this. Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you all next time. As always. This might be a chaotic time for y'all. Could be in the Christmas season. Just be on the lookout for the good. <laughs>